your word as it goes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, in Romans chapter 12 is where we are. And um, turn there. We're still looking at these first two verses and probably finish up these, uh, this verse next week. And uh, it's easy to skip over in a hurry some things, but uh, some places we need to just pause and reflect. And this is one of those passages that is so filled with truth and something for our lives that uh, God has just kind of made me come and put my brakes on when I hit it. And, and it's, it's interesting when you start studying and preparing, you get more and more information and it builds and builds and then you realize you've got too much information for, for even just two verses. And so you have to split it up. And uh, we started last week looking at this uh, these two verses, and let me read those before we be, uh, begin. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, quite a bit here. Last week we saw how Paul appeals uh, Christians to build their lives on the mercies of God uh, and to understand uh, what God has done for us, all the mercy that he's had towards us. In Romans 5, 8, remember it says, but God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's being merciful. That's having pity on us when we deserve his wrath. And so uh, Paul now is appealing to that. And he comes to a conclusion when he says, therefore, in other words, based on what I've already said, uh, after experiencing yourself, the grace, the love, the mercies of God, be merciful. In other words, let mercy flow out of the love of God. Let mercy flow out of what God has done and is still doing in you. Let that be the motivating factor in your life. And uh, uh, don't make life just a bunch of uh, do's and don'ts. Uh, behavior. Just improve your behavior for behavior's sake. And, and no, do it because you've, you're, we're being transformed. Because God really is in, uh, important in your life. And so I think this is, this is key. This is, and, and Piper this morning was speaking to that somewhat. Uh, and then we saw present your bodies. First of all, we, we talked about worship. But uh, also he says present your bodies. Uh, that's imp they're important to God. Uh, God wants our bodies even though they're flawed. And we all have flawed bodies. And uh, we, we live with that. But these even flawed bodies... Uh, are to do acts of mercy. And uh, your body is not significant because of the way it looks, but because of the way it acts. Okay, Doing merciful acts. Remember, Christ was most beautiful. He was most merciful when he was most repulsive. Think of that. Let that sink in. When he had his beard plucked out, he had a crown of thorns on his head. 
he had been whipped. And I mean, he was probably almost, to look at him would have been horrifying, I'm sure. And uh, he was, he was uh, by his stripes, we were healed. But he was most beautiful when he was most repulsive to look at uh, on the cross. And remember, God wants us not to be muscle-bound, but to be mercy-bound. Okay, it's okay to lift weights. It's okay to get in shape. I'm not speaking against that. Take care of your bodies. That's fine. But he wants us to be mercy-bound. That's what's important to God. Acts of mercy in our lives. No matter how you are physically, you say, well, I can't be used of God. Uh, I'm, I'm blind. Or I can't be used of God. I can't, uh, I can't walk. Uh, no, God can use you just the way you are. And uh, <clears throat> we need to remember uh, this is true when we look into the scriptures. Uh, physical people, and I didn't get to share these verses, but uh, this is when Samuel uh, was picking uh, the next king, and uh, Jesse had sons. Uh, but the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his statue, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at what? The outward, the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the what? That's what's important to God. Also, uh, the Pharisees, we find in Matthew 23, 27 through 28, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, Jesus called them, for you are like whitewashed tombs which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So God is concerned that we be beautiful people inside, inside primarily. Now we are to not come to church in, in a bathing suit and, a, and, and not having taken a bath or used deodorant. You know, the body is important and it should reflect uh, what Christ has done in our lives. But I'm not going to get into how you have to dress because that's not important to God. That's not the issue here. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that. But uh, beautiful people physically are not worth more to God uh, than people who are not physically beautiful. Remember people like uh, Johnny uh, Erickson Sentata who was paralyzed from a diving accident. Well, from her neck down, she's paralyzed. And uh, you would say, well, God is through with that girl. No. She paints with her mouth. And if you've ever seen her paintings, they're incredible. And she speaks with her mouth. She goes and, 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 and talks to people who have been through the same thing she's been through. God has used that woman greatly, but not because she's physically capable. And then if uh, Janine and I got the pleasure of... of uh, hearing in concert uh, Tony Menendez. And I don't know if you're aware, Tony Menendez was born without any arms. But he plays the guitar with his feet. And it'll blow you away. I mean, huh? And sings. I mean, I sat there with just tears coming down my eyes because of this testimony of what God has done in that man's life. And uh, uh, so, 
Uh, don't think because you have problems physically that you can't be used. Uh, you can. It may be giving somebody a hug with your arms. That might be just what they need that day. And I've experienced that. In the hospital, people would come and hug my neck, and, and that meant so much. And uh, so it's the little things, the little things. Uh, they don't save you by doing them. By changing your behavior doesn't save you. But uh, uh, Paul is interested in the, the way we live our lives. Uh, and it's just a shame today. There's too much uh, emphasis to me on uh, the physical. We even have children now that have these beauty contests. Little kids and they put makeup on them and, and what have you. It's all about the, you know, the physical part of it. I remember hearing on a newscast it said this family was killed uh, in this automobile accident, he put it up on the screen, and they, were, of course, were all, you know, your, your perfect family, all beautiful children. And then he said, what the, what the real shame is, is these kids were so pretty, so beautiful. And I got to thinking, now that's, that's really sick. I'm sure he was scolded for it, but I, and I, I'm sure other people caught it besides me. But you see, that's not what it's about. And uh, that's what it's come to, but it doesn't make it right. And uh, living sacrifices, Paul says, living bodies, living bodies we're to have. Uh, not martyrs. God, you're not, you're not saved to go out and get killed. Now, that may happen, but we're to be living sacrifices. Not in the Old Testament where they took a living animal and then killed it, Okay. But he's, he's using an analogy here. We're to be living sacrifices dedicated to God just as that physical animal in the Old Testament was dedicated to God. We're to do that with our lives. We're to do it with our lives. And what a privilege that is. That is motivated by the mercies of God. We're to live, be alive to glorify God, uh, to make Jesus known. Uh, and uh, everything that dishonors him, we are to die to that. In, in Romans 8 and 13, he said, Put to death the deeds of the flesh so that you might live. It is your living for Christ that is an act of worship. It's living for Christ. You're coming this morning with your bodies it's a, from the heart. It's, a, it's an act of worship. What do you do by coming here? You're saying... God is worth something to me. God is valuable to me that I can come and worship Him and sing praises to Him, lift His name up. That's what you're saying by being here. I hope it is anyway because you sure don't merit anything from God. You don't earn anything from God, but you do it. Why? Because you love Him because He first loved you. And, and I, I think this is crucial and. Uh, does your living body demonstrate that Christ is more precious to you than anything else? And uh, when was the last time, maybe, that you felt most alive? When was the last time that you felt most alive as a living sack? Probably when you witnessed to somebody about Christ. Yeah. Maybe it was when you gave somebody a hug that they needed. I remember... Somebody came, and, and when they hugged me, I was distraught and began to weep. 
They didn't know I was that way, but just their act of loving me and showing, bro, I, I, that was kind of the crowning point, you know, because I was in such need and despair. I just began to weep, and then they were able to say, what is wrong? And I was able to share with them, you see. Their act of mercy brought it out in, in, in my own life, and uh, we're to be doing this, actively doing this, and it's so, so impor- important. Uh, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are we, are we real? Am I really real? Uh, or, or am I, do I have the attitude that I'm just going to fake it till I make it? Are we just faking this? Uh, in case it happens to be, Christianity happens to be true, I'm going to make it. No, 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 no. I think you understand that. We're here because we really have experienced the mercies of God. Right? Amen. That's why we're here, because we have experienced this. This is true in our lives. And uh, Jesus uh, said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And... uh, that's no matter how small that deeds. And then he says, holy. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Romans 6, if you go back and look at uh, Romans 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that, you're, that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members, that is your hands and your feet uh, and your arms, uh, don't present them uh, as members of body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And uh, again, uh, he, he keeps repeating himself for emphasis. So we're, our, our bodies are to be holy, holy because of what it does not because of the way it looks. Holy because of what it does, not because of the way it looks. All of our members uh, are to be that way. Let your hands, your eyes be instruments of righteousness. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up what kind of hands? Holy hands. hands, Without wrath and dissension. Our bodies are so important using our hands what do we use our hands to do to go on a computer and punch up pornography I mean this is getting where we live you know Uh, do we use our resources to purchase filthy literature and and uh, uh, spend money on, on that sort of thing uh, you know, what are we using our fingers and our hands for? To glorify God or channels of, of, of wickedness? You know, with a TV set, it's easy to take this member, which is important to God, and use it to go to something that our eyes shouldn't see. This is what Paul is talking about here. And uh, we're going to talk more about that, that sort of thing. But by the mercies of God, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
Why? Because I want to glorify him and live for him. There are examples of <clears throat> where the body is being used as instruments of righteousness. Philippians 4.18, but I have received everything in full. This is Paul from the Philippians had received a gift that they had sent. And this is his, he says, but I received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, which you have sent. And what, what does he call this that they have sent? This, this act of mercy towards him. He calls it a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Why? Because it came from their heart. They were doing this because they loved Paul and uh, were serving him uh, in this way. They were showing uh, to Paul what God was worth to them. They were showing how valuable God was to them by what they were doing. You see, They weren't trying to earn their salvation. No, they were doing this because they had experienced the mercies of God. They had experienced. It had received from Paul such a wonderful treasure that they're just giving some of it back, if you will. And it's out of a heart of sacrifice uh, to God. And uh, that's what we should have. Uh, also, Hebrews 13.5 says, 13.15 says, Through him then, let us continually offer up. What kind of a sacrifice? Praise to God. A praise to God. That is, the fruit of the lips. That give, and again, the lips, how do you speak? What comes, what comes from your lips? You see, for the tongue is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, that scripture tells us. But the lips should join the heart in praise to God. And so therefore the body becomes a living sacrifice, giving thanks and gratitude to God. Uh, you know, Jesus said this, and he said to them rightly, Did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their what? Lips. They honor me with their lips, but what? Their heart is far away from me. You know, you can talk the talk, but are you performing acts of mercy? This is crucial. This is, this is a huge, this is that important. Hebrews, back to Hebrews 13, 16. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see, doing good and sharing. This comes from a heart that has experienced uh, the mercies of God, who is trusting God and saying, you know what? Even though I don't have much, I'm going to help somebody who has less, which is, which is trust. I have a good friend, and I, uh, I won't name his name because people can hear this on the, on the uh, uh, website. But anyway, this person, way back when I was teaching in a Christian school, I, we, I mean, we lived from paycheck to paycheck, literally, and... Uh, we were going on a trip, and this person came up to me and said, uh, are you going on a trip? And I said, yeah, but pray for us. It's going to be close. I mean, we have barely enough to get up there and da-da-da, and, and just pray for us. And uh, so he takes his wallet out, 
and takes out a $20 bill and sticks it in my pocket. And of course, I try to give it back to him. He said, you want a broken arm? He said, God has told me to do this for you. Back then, that would buy the gas up there and back. I mean, this was a long time ago. And uh, this guy was hurting worse than me. And that's why I didn't want to take it. He had more problems financially than I had. And yet he did that act of mercy. This is what Paul is talking about. Wow, this is uh, uh, huge in the life. Acceptable to God, fourthly. Bodies to be acceptable to God. That is, what's, what, what is important? What does God think? What does God want? That's what's important. What's, what does God want? Therefore, be imitators of what? Of who? Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Christ offered himself up, and God called it a fragrant aroma. It was well-pleasing to him. Now, he, he was sacrificed for our sins. He paid the price for our sins, and we're saved because of what he did on the cross. By faith and trust in Christ alone, we can have salvation. Now, our sacrifices, though, we can't save ourselves by our sacrifices. We must trust in the finished work, but we're to be imitators of God and to act like Christ did. We should walk in love, and we should love others because of what Christ has done for us. Do you see the motivation behind that? Do be imitators of God. Why? Because he has done so much for you. Yeah. He has changed me. He has made me a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And I, can, I, I should imitate him because of that. Uh, and we should be concerned what is acceptable to him. What, what delights him. Because it's because we love him. We delight in him. We are devoted to him. We worship him. We treasure him. We must do all of that to be merciful in the way God wants us to be merciful, which is out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart because of what he has done. And this is, this is uh, basic Christianity 101, you might say. And yet, because it's so easy, uh, we miss it so much of the time. And... Uh, <clears throat> Mercy really is what makes Jesus so beautiful. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But mercy uh, shows uh, that God has been merciful to us. And Jesus is, is merciful and, uh, because of what he has done. Also we see in Philippians 1.20, Paul says, According to my earnest expectation and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Is that true of us, that he would be exalted in our bodies? That's his desire. Is that our desire? Christ was the center of Paul's life. Is Christ the center of our lives? What is uh, Paul's exhortation? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know 
that your body is a temple, not the temple, but a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. In other words, show the worth of Christ by the way you use your body. How do we use our bodies? Something to think about. And then Paul says, this is your reasonable service. This is your reasonable service. In other words, it makes sense when you think about it uh, to worship God with our bodies and with our minds. They go together. They're, they're, they're part of each other. And so this is reasonable. What God is asking is not unreasonable. It's very reasonable for us to do that. And he says, be not conformed. He says, be not conformed to this world here. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, That's a struggle. Does everybody experience that? Not to be conformed with what's in this world. The world system, everything that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is, uh, is of the world. And so it's a temptation to be conformed to this world. It's a struggle. And there are tensions. There are conflicts that, that go on. And uh, Jesus said this in his high priestly prayer in John 17, 15, and 16. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, praying to the Father, but to keep them from the evil one. We're, in other words, we're in the world. He doesn't pray that they'd be taken out, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so we're not of this world. We're to be salt and lights in this world, but we're not, uh, we're not of the world. Also, Ephesians 2, 2 and 8, uh, uh, talking about being dead to sins, he says, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You see, that's, that's what we, how we formerly lived before salvation, he says, uh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind. And we're by nature, we were children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich, Now notice how he throws this in here. This is not a mistake. This is the word of God. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. And so, uh, wow. We've been made new creatures in Christ. And we're to be separate from the world. We're not to get out of the world, we're to participate in the world, we're to be, we can be doctors, 
We're to be lawyers. We're to be uh, ditch diggers. We're to be whatever God has called us to be, teachers. But we're to participate it, but not be a part of it in an evil in, in, in way. We're to, uh, we're to be separated, Paul says. Second Corinthians six seventeen. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. We're to be separate from all forms of evil and not to take part in those evil things. Um, also, in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13, he says, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not all mean with immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. Now, see, we're, we can't go out of the world. We're going to associate with our jobs and our lives, next door neighbors, we're going to have those immoral people there. And we are to associate with them, not taking part in their evil deeds, but we are to witness to them. And, uh, uh, but, but actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person. Now notice he calls him a so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. What have I to do with judging outsiders? Do, not, uh, do you not judge those who are within the church? And yes, we do. But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So again, in the church, in the church we're not to put up with evil and immoral people. We're to, of course, go to them. We're to talk to them in order to win them uh, to Christ. But uh, in the world, you have the immoral, wicked people. We can't kick them out of the world like we, we can deal with uh, so-called believers in the church. So uh, Paul here is saying there is a, there is a tension. There is, a, there is this going on in the, in the world. Uh, there is a struggle. Uh, of, uh, of participating and being part of this world, associating with the world. And, uh, but we're to deal with it and expose it. Uh, we're to expose uh, sin. Ephesians 5, 6 through 11. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you're a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, he says. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. See, this is, this is the uh, sanctification part. This is the renewing of your mind that we'll talk about next week. Because he goes on, he says, renew your mind. In other words, we need to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate. Now, to associate, you have to. You have, sometimes you have to be around unbelievers. But he says, don't participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. But he says, instead, what? Expose them. We're to be a salt and light to them as we associate with them. Uh, don't participate in their evil deeds, but we can certainly associate with them and point them to Christ. 
I remember Janine and I went to this party one time. We were invited and we went. And when we get there, of course, it's, it's a room full of unbelievers. This was not a church social. And uh, we, hob- you know, talked around and people found out who we were. And, uh, but then all of a sudden, this guy who was a stand-up comedian gets up and starts spouting off this filth. I mean, it was so vile and wicked that it would burn your ears. And, of course, it angered me that he would even have such a gall to talk about such things in public particularly in a gathering. And so what did we do? We got up and started walking out. When he, of course, sees us leaving and wants to know why we're going. And uh, I don't remember what I said, but it wasn't probably too nice. Found out later this guy was a black belt uh, champion. You know, so I'm glad I didn't have to fight him. But, he was, but anyway, I did let him know, though, that we, we were not happy with the way he was speaking. And, of course, I'm sure after we left, there were other things said. But, but still in all, we're to expose them for what they are. We're to, uh, in love, but, uh, but not to take part in that and laugh and, and take part in those evil things. Because we know, indeed, uh, all des- who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's 2 Timothy 3.12. And so we may, we may have to... Uh, if you make waves, you know, living in this world, you may make waves, but you better be ready when those waves come and try to turn your boat over because uh, they will come and you will be persecuted if you expose uh, the evil deeds of people. I guarantee you, you will do that. Uh, there will be confrontation when you expose sin. And there needs to be. We need to be... We need to be standing up for the wickedness that we see around us, the abortion clinics, and uh, 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 taking part actively in fighting evil that we see all around us. And we need to learn how better to do that. Also, 1 Corinthians 9, 22, remember Paul says, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that, that by all means save some. Now, in, if you study the context of what he said, he's not talking about, I became an ad, a, adulterer, or well, in this case, I, w- I became a, a, an immoral person to win the immoral person. See, no. He said, uh, if, it's, if it's something that uh, is not immoral or wrong, yeah, I became weak that I might win the weak. And uh, so we should be very careful. Uh, the testimony that we have in this world uh, as, as we go about in it and to stand up against wickedness. But uh, being willing to bend to save some. Uh, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 kind of sums it all up. And he says, Paul says in Colossians 3, 1, he says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, and we have been, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on this earth. That's how to overcome it. We're going to talk about that next week, though, of, of uh, uh, this transformation and doing the will of God and uh, uh, how important that is uh, for our witness in this, in this world. We need to fix our eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, as I've said uh, so often. And so... A missionary, when he goes to uh, India, as William Carey did, he uh, 
he went to India and realized that he was dressed incorrectly. He, he did not look like them, and so what did he, he became weak. He took off his outer garments to look like them so he could associate with them better. He didn't stick out like a sore thumb. He became all things to all men that he might win some. And so, uh, uh, you know, if, the, if your style changes and you go from real, real narrow ties and the style becomes wide ties, you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, so it's okay to change that style of a wide tie. I remember I, this was a problem at, at Bob Jones when I was going there because the style changed and everybody was running. You had to wear ties. Everybody was running around these little skinny ties. And you'd go off campus and you had to wear a tie and you'd look like some weirdo, you know, because the style was wide. <laughs> I, that's a little thing. But, but my point is, though, we're, we're not to be offensive. We're not to offend people by, uh, by not uh, being willing to bend and change uh, to, uh, to win them to, to, to Christ, as long as it's not sinful. And Second uh, Corinthians 3.18, I didn't put this one up, but I want to just mention this. Second Corinthians, and then we'll be done. Second Corinthians 3.18. This is, again, being conformed, not being conforming uh, to this world. <clears throat> Beginning in verse, uh, verse 16, he says, But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. His eyes are opened. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So Paul is saying we're being transformed. We're going to talk about that next week is renewing our minds, being transformed by the Spirit and power of God. And what that looks like, what does that actually look like in our in our lives as, uh, as we look into this mirror, this, the glory of the Lord, as we look in, in, uh, and we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we, as we uh, uh, looking unto Jesus, the, the author and finisher, are we really, do we really have the focus where, where it needs to be in our lives, is what I'm trying to say. Do we really, do we really, Do we really want to please him? And then you might say, yes, I really want to please them, him. Then how do I do that? How do I really please him? And that's what we want to say, this transforming, this renewing of our mind. What does that look like in our everyday life? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again this morning for your word. And uh, Lord, I am so thankful that you... Uh, can use us in spite of us. Uh, you can use us when uh, we even stumble and bumble and not make sense sometimes of what we're saying. You can, you can take our worst efforts and turn them into something beautiful. Uh, you can speak uh, and use us uh, uh, to other people. And Lord, it may just be simply putting our arm around somebody and hugging them and, and telling them, 
that we love them. But Lord, I pray that this, this body of believers here, that we would not be conformed to this world, that we would not participate in the evil of this world, but we would be transformed by the renewing of, of our mind. God, give us, give us grace to live the Christian life by grace through faith. In Jesus' name, amen.